Thanks so much for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and help you grow deeper in your faith. Great to be with you today. Welcome to those online who are joining us. And um, I'm just going to pray before we uh, dive into what I believe God has for us today, and then we're going to go from there. So Father, we thank you that um, when, when we come to you, when we put our trust in you, that you are faithful to us, that no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, we're never too messed up to come to you, that we can come and be with you and allow you to do what only you can do in our lives. And so we pray as we dive into your word today, that you would um, show us how it is that you're inviting us to live differently into this week. And we invite your word to transform us this morning. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, uh, I thought I'd start by sharing about one of my favorite film series of all time. And it's a film series called The Bourne Series. Is anyone else a fan of The Bourne Series here? And so there's a number of movies. There's The Bourne Identity, The Bourne uh, Supremacy, The Bourne Ultimatum, The Bourne Legacy, and then Jason Bourne. And at the center of this movie and the series are two questions, which are this. Who am I and what do I need to do? You see, the first movie opens with Jason Bourne, the main character, riddled with bullets and barely alive, being pulled out of the Mediterranean Sea onto a ship. And the ship's doctor, after removing two bullets from his back and a bank account key from his hip, looks deep into Jason's confused eyes and asks, Who are you? What is your name? Terrified, confused, and looking for answers, he responds, I don't know. See, what has happened is he... he gets amnesia, and he doesn't know who he is. And so the rest of the series follows his journey to working out who he is in order that he can know what to do next. And so I'll be honest, if someone asked me that question, who are you, I may have to think about my response. What would I say? Well, maybe I would say I'm a Christian. Maybe I'd say I'm a husband, a pastor, a son, a friend, a worker, a student, right? When I, when I think about what would I put on my tombstone, that's an interesting question, right? And so I wonder if I asked you the same question as Jason, who are you? How would you answer? How would you describe yourself? You see, some of you may know this, but I used to work in aged care uh, nursing people. And there were times where people would stop breathing or they'd have an accident and you'd have to be ready to respond immediately. And so one day I'm out and about, like going through everyday life. I think I was on my way to Woolies that day or something. And someone collapses on the street and I have to run up and give them CPR. And everyone else is just standing there looking around going, is anyone going to do anything? Right? It's the classic bystander effect. But having first aid training and being able to respond in an emergency situation, I knew I had to rush into action 
and I had to give this person CPR. And so I ended up giving them CPR and then getting others involved in helping until the ambulance could get there and take over. And see, there's something I think that's true in this situation, but also when it comes to the way we live our lives, which is this. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And so I've titled this message today, Who Do You Think You Are? And this is an idea that I want us to unpack uh, as we unpack what God has for us in the Bible today. And so I think the problem is that sometimes at various points of our life, we lose sight of who we are. Maybe it's when we lose our jobs and we have to figure out, well, who am I now? I'm, I'm, I'm not a teacher anymore. I'm not a um, tradie anymore. I'm not a, a business professional anymore. Who am I now? Maybe it's when we have kids and we go, well, what does it mean to be a father or a mother? How, how do I live my life now? And so there's various points in our life where we're having to constantly work out, who am I? And I think as Christians, we have the same problem. What happens sometimes is we can lose sight of who we are in Jesus. And because we don't know who we are, we often don't know what to do next. For example, um, I'll often go to dinner with people and it's expected because I'm a pastor that I'll say grace and bless the meal. And it's not just because I'm a guest, it's because there's this expectation in their mind that you're the pastor and I'm just a regular person. I'm just a regular Christian. And somehow my prayers are better at blessing the food somehow. And I think I've heard various versions of that over the years. You're a pastor and I'm just a student. You're a pastor and I'm a stay-at-home parent. You're the pastor and I'm a whatever fill-in-the-blank applies to you. And what they're saying is, I'm just a regular person. I'm just a regular Christian. But see, the problem with that statement is that if we ever feel that way, it means that we don't really know who we are. Because if we're a follower of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, there's nothing regular about you. You need to understand that, that you are filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And that's not regular. You have access to the very throne of God. That's not regular. You have the authority to declare the name of Jesus above all things. You see, in reality, there's nothing regular about you. And so that's if we've chosen to put our trust in Jesus. And if you haven't done that yet, that's okay. There's always an invitation, always an opportunity to do that. But the thing is, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And so in today's message, I want us to help us all know who we are in Jesus so that we can then respond confidently, knowing what it is that we need to do next. And so here's the ideas that we're going to kind of unpack today. The first insight is this, that you are Christ's ambassador chosen to carry his message. The second insight is that you were not elected by people, but chosen and appointed by God. And the third insight is this, as Christ's ambassador, you never represent yourself, you always represent God. 
And so that's what we're going to take a look at today and unpack some of those ideas and what they mean for our lives. And so the first passage I want us to start with comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21, where a man named Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth to strengthen the faith of the followers of Jesus there at the time. And this is what he says. He says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so that's kind of that main passage. And I want to unpack this first idea a little bit further, which is this. You are Christ's ambassador chosen to carry his message. And so if we go back to that passage, if we see in verse 17, it says that if you're in Jesus, if you've chosen to follow him, if you've put your trust in him, if you've turned from your sins and you've met the risen Jesus, you're a new creation. And you see, the thing is, all new creations have new purposes, which means the old, the guilt, the pain, the shame, that's all on the way out. All your sins have been forgiven and you're a new creation. And once again, if you haven't chosen to put your faith in Jesus, if you haven't chosen to follow him, that's okay. But I want to say there's an invitation for you to do that, to leave the old behind and put your faith in Jesus and become a new creation. And see, the, the problem is that as people, and also as Christians, we can struggle to understand who we are as a new creation. We can struggle to leave the old behind and to put on the new. It's kind of like if a caterpillar, right, becomes a new creation, the butterfly. But imagine if the butterfly starts crawling around like a little caterpillar. And that's what we can do sometimes because we don't fully understand who we have become in Jesus. And so Paul goes on to tell us in verse 19, amazingly, in the middle of the verse, he says, and God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So let's break that down a little bit more. So God has committed to us. So if you've chosen to follow Jesus, if you've put your trust in Jesus, you're in the us. And once again, that's not an exclusive club. You're invited to be a part of that too. And he's committed to you the message, which means it's your message. It's your purpose. It's your part to play. He's committed to you the message of reconciliation. And so what does reconciliation mean? Well, it's just a big word that in the context in the Greek language means to restore us to favor in the eyes of God. It means to help people be made right with God. It's to take that which is broken and separated from God by sin and to help others know who they are so that they can be made whole and right with God. 
And to those who've chosen to follow and put their trust in Jesus, Paul says that God has committed to you the message of reconciliation. In other words, you get to tell people about what Jesus has done so that they may leave the old behind and become a new creation as well. And then Paul goes on to say in verse 20, he says that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. You are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So let's think about that for a moment. So you are an ambassador. God has committed to you the message of reconciliation as though he were making his appeal through you. In other words, that when people meet you, when people encounter you, when people interact with you, it's like God himself is interacting with them, is sharing the gospel with them, is sharing hope with them, is sharing freedom from the past with them. And so, as I said at the beginning, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And so I want to ask you again, who do you think you are? Well, let me tell you who you are. This is what this passage says. It says that you are an ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, that's who you are. You're an ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. And so if that's true, what does it mean to be an ambassador? Well, the simplest definition of an ambassador is this. It's the highest ranking diplomat sent as a representative from one country to another. It's, it's kind of like if I became the Australian ambassador to Brazil. Brazil would not be my home, but I would be the highest ranking diplomat sent to represent the Australian government to another country. And so the same is true for each of us. If you've chosen to follow Jesus, you are the highest ranking diplomat sent by God from heaven to earth. And the Bible tells us that earth is not our home, but that heaven is our home. And so you're sent to represent the king from the kingdom who sent you, which is Jesus. We're his representatives. We're him in flesh. And when we know who we are, then we'll know what to do next. And so you are Christ's ambassadors sent by God from heaven to earth. That's who you are. And when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And so as Jesus' ambassadors, some of you may be thinking, hold on a second, I'm an ambassador. I mean, if you went and asked my friends, hey, do you think I'm an ambassador? They'd be like, you're not an ambassador, you're a mess. I mean, you don't know the Bible. You still mess up. You still say stupid things. How can you be an ambassador for Jesus? Well, that brings us into the second insight that I want to draw out, which is this. You were not elected by people, but chosen and appointed by God. You see, here's the thing. Unlike a normal ambassador, as an ambassador of Jesus, you were not elected by people, but you were chosen and appointed by God. And what that means for our lives is it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. We're not elected by people, but we're chosen and appointed by God. So let's see what Jesus has to say about this. In John chapter 15, verse 16 to 19, 
Jesus is talking to his followers and he says this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And so Jesus here says a number of things. The first thing he says is that he chose us. He chose us. Well, what else did he do? He said, I appointed you to go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. He also said that you do not belong to this world. This isn't your home. You're from heaven and you're an ambassador. What has he done? He's chosen us out of this world. And he said, I chose and appointed you. In other words, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I'm the one who chose you. You're my representative. And that we've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit, to be successful, to represent him and to be an ambassador, to represent his interests and his heart and his characteristics here on earth. And so you may think, but I don't feel good enough. I don't know the Bible enough. My life's a mess. How can I possibly represent Jesus? Well, I kind of see it a little bit like this, right? It's a bit like in school when you have a hall pass. Maybe your teacher asks you to do a task, or maybe you need to go to the bathroom and they give you that ridiculously big key that shows that you're going to the bathroom, right? (laughs) And um, then what happens is you're walking down the hallway and the teacher says, Oi, what are you doing? And you go, I've got a hall pass, right? And there's that half confidence, half cockiness that comes along with it. It's kind of like that, right? The good news is that if your friends or the people around you say, you're, you're not good enough, you're a mess, how can you possibly represent Jesus? You can just pull out your hall pass and say, well, God has chosen me and appointed me to be his ambassador. And you see, when you internalize that and it goes from something you believe to something, sorry, something that you know to something you believe, everything changes and the way that we live our life changes. And you can see this happen in Paul's life. He was the guy teaching this. He was the one who said, hey, therefore you are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through you. He saw himself as an ambassador and he saw other followers of Jesus like that as well. And in fact, if you know a little bit about Paul, we think he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But if you know his past, he would have been the least likely guy to be called an ambassador of God. He was the number one persecutor and public enemy of the Christian church. In fact, he killed Christians for their faith. And what happened was he had a radical encounter with God. And what happened was God told him to go to this city and to find another Christian there named Ananias. And God was telling him that he needed to go and minister to the guy. And Ananias is there and he's freaking out and he's going, no, I know this guy's story. He's going to kill me. And so this is what God says in Acts 9.15. He says, go, this man Saul or Paul is my chosen instrument to carry my name 
before the Gentiles. In other words, God chose Paul to be his ambassadors to the Gentile people. He chose him and he appointed him to represent heaven on earth to the Gentiles. And he was God's chosen instrument to that group of people. And so you need to understand that you are God's chosen instrument to be an ambassador to a certain group of people. Well, who is that group of people, you may wonder? Well, it might be the people of work with. Maybe you're God's ambassador to represent him to the people you work with in the way that you conduct yourself, in the way that you work diligently, in the way that you support and encourage the people that you work with. Maybe it could be your family. Maybe you're God's ambassador to represent him to the people in your family. And that could be your children in the way that you raise them and love them and support them and encourage them. Or it could be your siblings or your parents who maybe don't know Jesus and you're there to represent him and his heart for them. Maybe it could be the people on a sporting team. Maybe you're God's ambassador to represent him with the people you play sport with. Or maybe it could just be someone in everyday life that you just happen to bump into or interact with. Even for me, right, I used to really freak out when I'd have to speak at church. I would have this crazy feedback loop going in and like my legs would be shaking and everything. But one day I closed my eyes and I prayed and I said to myself, I'm God's chosen instrument to carry this message today. I'm here to represent him to the people I'm with today. And what happened when I prayed that, I could then step in with that authority knowing that I'm not the best, I'm not the smartest, but God has chosen and appointed me and I can take confidence in that. And so you need to understand that you are God's chosen people. You may be chosen to lead the next generation in kids or youth ministry and you may go, I'm too old, I'm not cool, I'm not good with kids, etc. It doesn't matter, you're God's chosen instrument to raise the next generation and to represent him to those people. You may be called to lead a life group and say, well, I don't know that much about the Bible. I don't know how to answer everyone's questions. I'm not even particularly social, maybe. Well, no, you're God's chosen instrument to build up other believers. You may feel this burden to share your faith with someone at work and you may go, but they're not just... They're just not this. They're just not open. They're just not a nice person. They're just not whatever it is, right? It doesn't matter. You are God's chosen instrument, his ambassador, called by God, sent to represent him from heaven to earth. And when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And it could be as simple as this. You're good at repairing cars and you're driving down the road and there's someone who's broken down. And maybe you pull over and you stop and you go, I'm God's chosen ambassador to go and help them fix their car in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to represent him and care for them in this way. You see, friends, you're God's chosen representative with the message of reconciliation as though God were making his appeal through you. And it doesn't matter what any other person thinks, you were chosen and appointed by God. And when you believe that and when you live that out, it'll change the way you do everything in your life. 
So that's the second insight. The third insight is this. As Christ's ambassador, you never represent yourself. You always represent God. You see, you never represent yourself. And so if I'm the ambassador for Australia over in Brazil, I'm not there to promote my own agenda, my own values, my own ideas. I represent the government that sent me. And when we're ambassadors of Jesus, we're there to represent the kingdom of God. We represent Jesus on earth, which means this, that it's never about you because Jesus was the ultimate ambassador and he said what we should say as well, which is this in John chapter 6. He says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of the one who sent me. And that's what we should be doing in our own life, saying, you know what? I don't particularly feel like doing this. I don't particularly want to do this. Maybe you don't even particularly like the person that you feel like you need to represent Jesus to. But you know what? Going, not my will, but your will, God. And so living your life in the way that you're here to represent him. And if you've chosen to follow Jesus, you're his representative. It's a bit like at school when they'd always tell you to dress nicely and act responsibly when you went on excursions because you're representing the school. If you behave badly, it looks bad on the school's reputation, right? And often we see all these crazy news articles about these private schools that go off the rails and they're all over the media and it doesn't make the school look very good. And it's the same thing for us as ambassadors for Jesus. If we behave badly, it looks bad on how people see Jesus. If we're judgmental, then they see Jesus as judgmental. If we hurt people, then they see Jesus as someone who hurts. If, if we're hypocritical, then they see Jesus as hypocritical. You see, it reflects how people see Jesus. And I remember one day I'd been praying and I'd been asking God, what, what do you want me to do at the time? How, how do you want me to be faithful and obedient to you at that time? And I felt him say to me to go and withdraw a few thousand dollars from my bank account. And now I was a poor student at the time. So this was a big deal, a couple of thousand. That's like, you know, months of saving. And he said, I want you to put that money in an envelope and I want you to leave it on your desk and I'll tell you when you need it. And so a number of months went by, and one day I was going to go visit my old church at Epping to see my friends, and I felt God tell me to bring the envelope with me. And so I did, and on that one night, there was someone there that I was drawn to, right? I, I, I just felt like this person was put on my heart by God, and I felt God's prompting to go and give them the envelope and just simply say this, hey, I know you're feeling uncertain about the future, but I believe that God is wanting me to tell you that he's going to provide for everything you need and you just need to keep trusting him. And so what happens is this guy starts breaking down and crying. And then he brings his wife over and he tells her what happened. And they end up explaining to me that they had felt God prompting them to quit their job and to be missionaries. But they were really scared and uncertain as they had like five kids under four and they were uncertain about what was going to happen 
fair enough. If I was in the same boat, I'd be feeling the same. And what happened was that encouragement and that first gift had given them the confidence to take the steps they needed to take. And they've now gone on to be missionaries and done incredible things and been obedient to God and an ambassador in various different parts of the world. And you see, for me in that moment, that's the thing, right? That's what an ambassador does. That's what they do. I wasn't there for any agenda or any reason. I wasn't there because I'm like, you know what? This is going to make a really great sermon analogy one day. I was just being obedient to what I felt like Jesus was wanting me to do in that moment. And when you believe that's who you are, when you believe that you're an ambassador sent from heaven to earth to represent him, then you'll know what to do. And I promise you that if you do this, you'll see opportunities like that again and again and again. Now, some of you may struggle to know how to do that. I mean, how do you speak with so much authority on behalf of God? Well, here's the deal. You speak in the authority that's been given to you. Take Paul. Over and over again, he said, I'm not an eloquent speaker. I just preach by the power of the gospel. He said, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm the lowest in the pecking order. But I just do this in the authority that's been given to me in Jesus. And here's what he says in 2 Corinthians 10. He says this, I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. And see, that's what you need to do. You're not ashamed of using the authority because it's not your power. For example, if I stood in the middle of a street with traffic everywhere and I just went, stop, you know what would happen? I'd probably get hit by a number of cars, right? All right. Um, so if, if I did that and said stop, I would get hit by a car, right? But if on the other hand, there's a car accident and I'm a police officer and I tell you to stop because there's an accident and I'm trying to control the scene, well, it's not me saying it. It's me on behalf of the police force, on behalf of the New South Wales government telling you to stop. And so what better happen is that you better stop, right? And so as a Christian, I come not in my own authority, but in the authority of the Lord Jesus. And here's what's crazy about the first century believers is that they understood their power was in Jesus and not in themselves, but they had the authority to use his name. They'd go, sick person, I've got no power to heal you, but in the name of Jesus, be healed. And sick people were healed. And what the New Testament tells us is that as believers, we can do even greater things. And so as we almost wrap up, let's summarize what we've looked at. Well, the first insight was this, that you are Christ's ambassador chosen to carry his message. The second insight is this, you were not elected by people, but chosen and appointed by God. And the third insight is, as Christ's ambassador, you never represent yourself, you always represent God. Because here's the thing, we're not just regular people. We're not just regular Christians. And there's no such thing as a regular Christian. You're an ambassador of Christ, 
appointed and called by God to represent heaven on earth. You were not elected by people, but you were chosen and appointed by God. You carry with you the message of reconciliation, the message of what Jesus has done for us, as if God were making his appeal through you. And you never represent yourself, you always represent God. Because like Paul says, you can say, I've been crucified with Christ, my old life is gone, and it's no longer me who lives, but Jesus who lives through me. And so maybe you think one of the following. Maybe you think, I'm just a stay-at-home parent. I want to say to you today, you are not just a stay-at-home parent. You're an ambassador raising next-generation world changes, and you're called by God in your home with a purpose. Maybe you think, well, I'm just a student. No, you're not just a student. You're an ambassador to your tutorials. You're an ambassador to your cohort. You're an ambassador to the teachers there. And you're there to represent Jesus and to look for opportunities to represent him every day. Maybe you think, well, I'm just an entry-level, low-level business professional, right? Well, no, you're, just, you're not just an entry-level, low-level business professional. You're a secret agent of God planted in that workplace to represent Jesus to the people that you see all the time. And friends, when you know who you are, when you know that you're not just a regular Christian, when you know that you're filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And so friends, as I said, right, this is an opportunity that's open to every single one of us. And so if you want to represent Jesus as his ambassador on earth, well, the first step of that process is choosing to follow Jesus, is choosing to put your trust in him and allow him to transform you so that then you can represent him to the people around you. And so if you've never made that decision, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Whether you're online, whether you're in the room, I want to give you that opportunity. And so if that's you, I invite... We're going to pray a very simple prayer that just goes like this. And I invite you to repeat after me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for when I've chosen to live my own way. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Amen. So friends, if you chose to pray that, I encourage you, if you're online, let us know in the chat. If you're in person, I invite you to come down for prayer afterwards because we want to support you. We want to encourage you because being an ambassador is not something that you do on your own. You're a part of a kingdom and a community that wants to help you live that out in your everyday life. And now for all of us, I want us to think about this for the following 30 seconds. Who are you an ambassador to? Where has God placed you to represent him? It may be in your workplace. It may be in your family that doesn't know Jesus. It may be in your family as you raise them, as you raise your children. It may be in in your university or or your study as you go. Take 30 seconds to think about this. Who are you an ambassador to? Where has God placed you to represent him? Take some time. 
and then we'll close. friends as we wrap up today imagine if we all chose to represent Jesus wherever we go to bring that message of reconciliation to represent Jesus to every single person we interact with to share the message of hope and to see where people's needs are imagine if we lived our lives imagine if you went into work tomorrow imagine if you went into whatever this week looks like with that in mind that you are invited to represent Jesus and to respond to the opportunities that arise around you. And so I I thank you for joining us this morning. Um, For those online, we're going to say goodbye to you. If you'd like some prayer, I invite you to click the prayer button and someone would love to pray with you. Have a great week. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name is Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to support you, help you get connected, and find out how you can take your next steps. So why don't you head to lifegate.org.au slash online and we'd love to find out more about you and how we can serve you as a church. Thanks for checking out this message and we'll catch you soon.